Welcome to Graced by Rain, a podcast focused on finding the beauty in life. I'm your host, Elaine Shercliffe. Thank you for joining me for the first episode of Graced by Rain. On this episode, I'll explain the idea behind the podcast and what I hope to accomplish. A few months ago, I was having like the Mondayest Monday ever. To distract myself from feeling grumpy, I scrolled through all of my apps, you know, like TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, <clears throat> and I was just looking for puppies, giggling babies, adorable grandpas. There was nothing. Zilch. Nada. It was literally a timeline full of doom and gloom. In that moment, I found myself feeling nostalgic for the early 2010s when a hockey agent named Scott Norton created a social media initiative called Make My Day Monday. His Twitter followers were encouraged to use the hashtag, hashtag MMDM, on tweets featuring something nice they did for someone else or something someone did for them. So every Monday morning, my timeline would be full of happiness and joy. It was a really incredible way to start the week. I thought about reaching out to Norton and asking him if he would be willing to start the initiative back up again. But then I thought to myself, uh, why? Why am I passing off the buck when I am completely capable of finding the beauty myself and, and sharing it with others? So here I am, just another woman with a podcast on a mission to brighten the world. So my biggest goal for this podcast is to remind people of the beauty they are surrounded by on a daily basis, that on the surface, things may seem ugly and awful, but once you take a look at the situation with fresh eyes, you tend to realize the beauty which can grow from the situation. And I don't want it to be just me talking. So the first two episodes will be me talking about life, talking about a few things that help me find beauty um, and a few things that I have found to be very beautiful in life, whether they be super small or um, super sad, which I know seems weird, but there is a hint of beauty in everything we experience. And sometimes it takes a lot for us to pull that out and find it. So I'm hoping that through this podcast, we can all learn to really look at the situations which are placed before us and really be thankful in a way for what has happened because it has led us to be who we are today. And if you like yourself, you know, obviously something good came from it. I want to have guests on this podcast. This episode one and episode two will probably be around 10 to 15 minutes long. I know people don't want to hear just me talk. <laughs> um, I'm just literally talking into the void right now. Actually, I'm looking in the mirror on my vanity because I feel really weird just talking out into the abyss. <laughs> I don't know how some people do this for an hour. So we'll see, we'll see how this goes. <laughs> um, <clears throat> But like I said, I want to have other people on the podcast. I already have a few guests lined up who um, have incredible stories to tell. They aren't big. They aren't going to just drop you to the ground. It's not like Grey's Anatomy 
you know, where everyone dies and then comes back to life. <laughs> it's it's the little things in life through sports or music that have really got people through things. You know, those are important. I know oftentimes we think, oh, it's just a game. It's just a song. It's just a grocery trip. But sometimes it's all that matters. Sometimes when you are just hungry for a win, when you just want to win, you you dive into sports and you dive into music or you peruse your favorite section at the grocery store or the bookstore and you find something so small that it it just sets you off on a good day you know and those are important things the small things in life that bring you great joy are very important and I don't think they're talked about enough so I want to hear from you I want to hear your stories I want to have people on and just talk with them just two people having a conversation about life love sports, music, grocery shopping. I don't know. <laughs> I worked at a, so let me, let me tell you. <clears throat> I worked at a grocery store for about five years. And in the beginning, I felt down on myself about it. Like, oh, you can't make a career out of this. And, you know, this is retail why are you doing this? It's beneath you. You could be doing so much more. And I was complaining to my uncle Don and he just, he just verbally slapped me around, you know, and he explained to me that working in retail offers you hundreds of chances a day to change someone's life. Right. Let's, let's say that again. Let, let me let that sink in a little bit. And we're just going to say that again. Working in places like retail allow you hundreds of chances a day to change a person's life. <laughs> I still, it still blows my mind to this day. But he's right, you know. How many times have we gone into a grocery store and the clerk was complimentary of what we were wearing or they were just kind? They were genuinely wondering about your life. And it wasn't invasive. You know, when they said, how are you doing today? It wasn't like, welcome to our grocery store. How are you doing today? Do you have your your rewards card? And then they don't listen to you. No, I'm talking about the ones who create relationships with you. They know that you're not their friend, but you hold a special place in their heart. And there was actually a lady I worked with. Her name is Heather. And I just absolutely adored her because she embodied, she completely embodied this trait. Everybody she talked to, it was, it was like talking with a friend. She wanted to know how the kids were. She 
you know, hugged them when they were sad. She held their hand when they were telling them, you know, good news. And I just, I, once I saw that, once he said that, it opened my eyes and I was able to really see it for what it is. Working retail, it's not a bad thing. No job is a bad thing. You may think it's beneath you, but most jobs, you have a chance to treat someone with compassion and kindness and love. And when you do that, you have a chance to change their world, change their mood. A simple, genuine smile, a simple laugh at their joke, not a fake laugh, but like a real, like if they're funny, you know, laugh. Don't hide it. (laughs) Um, I think it also helped that the place I worked at, there was a sign on the wall that said, treat the customers like your friend and invite them back again. When I started working there, I thought that was the stupidest, corniest line I had ever heard in my life. Like, awful. I'm like, wow, what kind of cheesy Mickey Mouse place am I going to be working for? That's was silly on my part because it made my job so much easier. Come back. Come hang out with me on a slow day. And as time went on, the more the relationships I created with those that came through my Rhine, the more they actually changed my life. The more they became invested in who I was as a person and that made work just so much more fun. When you know that the people that you are going to see are awesome and care, you want to go to work, right? Like you want to go. And I just, there are times I love the current job that I have with all of my heart. I get to make a big difference in people's lives. Um, It is emotionally draining, but I love it. However, there are days when I long for that personal connection that retail gave me, where I long for the random people who come into your line and just want to talk about their lives or need to talk about it. And I'm not saying that you need to be their therapist because you shouldn't be. You know, if, if someone is using you as therapy, you need to, you know, cut it off because that's not fair to you and it's not fair to them. But in this situation, in retail, it's kind of therapeutic. It's not therapy. It's not therapy at all, but it's therapeutic sometimes. Just to be able to talk to someone, get something off your chest, not the whole thing, but just what's bothering you, what's ailing you, or maybe you have some amazing news. And yes, there are cashiers who give zero Fs, okay? I can tell you that. (laughs) So to those people, I want to say, give it a chance and open your heart to those you're surrounded by. Because to be honest, it's going to make your day so much better. And you're going to see the impact that you can have on someone's life just by smiling at them and just by actively engaging them. You know, why would you spend eight hours 
working somewhere and not wanting to talk to someone. To me, to me, that's just crazy. And so this is kind of what I want to do with the podcast. I want to remind people of those things. Just a minor, just a minor fix, you know, just a minor fix working retail totally turned me around. I ended up working for this place for five years, five. I never thought I would make it past year one. I thought it was a stepping stone and I found myself wanting to stay and wanting to be there. But I had other things that I really wanted to do. And, you know, being a hockey beat reporter and being at every game when there's 76 games in the AHL, it is tough to work with a retail schedule. And so I had to leave. But if I didn't have to leave, I would have stayed. And I know that there are people who think I am probably crazy, but... I love a good human connection. I love hearing people's stories. And I love sharing mine. Sometimes it's just nice. It's just nice to be able to hear other people's stories. And you get a completely different view of the world. And and that's another thing. Um, In 2020, I feel like there's a lot of yelling at each other. There's a lot of talking to, talking at but not talking with. And over the past few years, I have picked up this trait where I try to figure out where the person is coming from first before I come at them with something. Before I even start yelling at them, I try to figure out where is this coming from? Is this what they mean? Is it as black and white as I am thinking it is? And guess what? Spoiler alert, it is rarely ever rarely ever black and white okay this world is full of hundreds of colors (laughs) even thinking that anything is black and white and if you think about it if you think about it black and white there's a bunch of shades of black and white so nothing is truly strictly this or that we live in a world full of color we live in a world full of people with complex emotions and it is never ever what you think it is. So you have to find your way to meet them where you're coming from. And so for me, since this is a podcast where we tell stories, I discovered this the hard way. For those who know me, I am extremely pro-life from womb to tomb, from good healthcare to uh, not wanting the death penalty to be a thing, and also being anti-abortion. However, some things cannot just be wiped off the board, and there are things that we have to fix with the root of the problem. But that's not the story, and that is something that we can get in at a later date. So stay with me. If you are pro-choice, you know, I'm not shaming you. I want to have conversations with you. We can continue to talk about this on my Twitter if you want. Or you can come on, we could do that. Right now, this is a story about how I was an asshole. Okay. I used to be one of those people that showed women the pictures of aborted babies without thinking as my argument for why there shouldn't be abortion. And this poor woman 
had just had a miscarriage. Okay. Can you imagine the pain that those pictures brought back to her? She was immediately shut off to anything I had to say. And quite frankly, I was horrified in myself. This is not a good look, you know. But from this, I was able to look at myself and say, you can't just come at people guns blazing. You have to meet them where they are or meet them halfway. You have to, have to try to get to know them and figure out where they're coming from. Because you can't properly have a conversation um, and lay out facts if they aren't going to listen to those, you know. It, it goes across the board with everything from sports to talking about politics, all of that. Unless you know how they were raised, where they're coming from, what their religion is, if they have a religion, um, anything like that. You do not know what they are going through at that moment. The easiest thing you can do to make their life a little bit less stressful is figure out where they're coming from. Why do you believe that? Why do you feel that way? Why is this important to you? You know, those are questions we have to start asking each other instead of yelling at each other. You know, and it took me to ruin a lady's week, a nice, kind lady's week, to realize that we, I can't act this way and neither should you. And it was a bad thing I did, but I grew from it and I'm better for it. And that, that is something that I think we're missing from in 2020 is a lot of people aren't looking at 2020 as a year of growth. They are looking at it as something that is stunting us, that is dramatic and traumatic. And yes, trauma is a thing and there are many things in 2020 that are very traumatic but we you know guys we're almost in December and for some of you listening to this it's probably December and we have to start looking at the things that have happened to us in 2020 and start taking note of the good things that happened and the things that we didn't realize were good you know I I saw this post on Facebook it was a meme kind of thing like a quote and it said Plot twist, 2020 has actually been the best year of your life. You've faced challenge after challenge. You've adapted and you've overcome. 2020 has forced you to grow exponentially. Don't take that for granted. And you know what? Oh, that is so incredibly true. So true. We cannot take for granted the bad things that happen in our life, the stressful things. Those things tend to shape us into stronger, smarter, kinder, loving people if we allow it. 2020, for me, has not been that bad of a year. It's frustrating. Sometimes I just want to, like, flip a table over. But it is not the worst thing that's ever happened to me. But in 2013, 
I experienced the worst moment of my life when my best friend committed suicide. And for years, I just, I let it consume me. And I was so sad and couldn't enjoy everything that I was accomplishing. Um, he was always like my hype man, my cheer guy. He would read things that I've written and critiqued me. And so I always credited my success to him. But, 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 <laughs> after he died, I became more successful and I became better at what I was doing. And it drove me a little nuts because I kept thinking there's no way because my hype man is not here. My proofreader is not here. I don't have him. He is my backup. Then I started to think more and more. You know, we grew up right outside of Chicago. And I would <laughs> I would go there like two times a week. I would either drive in or I would take the, mug, the mega bus in. Which would be like I would leave at 12.01 a.m. on a Wednesday morning from Cleveland. Arrive in Chicago around 5.50 a.m. And then leave Chicago at 11.59 p.m. Chicago time. And then be back in time for work on Thursday. I did that every week. Every week, pretty much. It wasn't always a Wednesday. It was whatever day I had off. <laughs> and I wasn't growing. I never realized I was not growing. I had never been west past Rockford, Illinois. I had never been east past, like, Cleveland or even Conneaut. Um, I'd been to like Youngstown once. Before he died, I had not seen many things. And people often thought I was a free bird, but I wasn't. I was chained down by Chicago and the surrounding areas because I would just keep going back and going back, not just to see him, but my friends that I grew up with and friends that were from Northeast Ohio to go visit them. I was just always there and I wasn't focusing on me, you know? And after he died, <laughs> I started working for a youth hockey organization and I, I left the country. I went to Quebec City for like 10 days. You know, I never would have done that before because I would have been like 10 days. Well. Usually, I would, for four of ten days, I would be in Chicago. And I would have talked myself out of it. You know, I would have missed out on the AAA Blue Jackets 2001 birth year, winning the whole entire tournament, and getting to write about it. You know, that Pee Wee tournament is like the Olympics for kids. And I would have missed out on that. I would have missed out on that because I wanted to be in Chicago with my friends. And then I moved to Oregon. I packed up my car and I drove to Oregon through the Southern route and visited my friends and family in Arizona and Oklahoma, um, St. Louis, and up through California. You know, and these are people I hadn't seen for years because it's so far away, but I always made excuses to not go see them. 
And then I would just go to Buffalo all the time once I moved back from the West Coast. And then Toronto and Syracuse, Utica, like covering the Monsters has led me to all these places and covering the Buffalo Buttes in its inaugural year. I would just constantly go to Buffalo. None of that, none of that would have happened if Bobby was still alive. Because I was so hung up on being with him and being with our friends and not wanting to disappoint anyone. So the darkest moment in my life ended up being the thing that set me down this path of awesome. And I'm not saying that I don't miss him because I miss him every day and I miss Chicago a lot. I miss my friends there, you know, but I love my life and I love who I've become. And it feels so great to say that and mean it. And those are the things I want people to really understand. I want them to understand that Life is so beautiful. And sometimes, you know, life and people throw us curveballs expecting us to strike out. But all you got to do, baby, is close your eyes and take a swing. You'll make contact and it's more than likely that you're going to at least go deep left. Maybe hit a home run. That is what this podcast is about. Taking the curveballs. And turning them into home runs. <laughs> well, now that things got a little emotional, <laughs> um, I promise that, you know what? No, I'm not even going to lie to you and say that that won't happen. Like, I'm an emotional being, and I will probably cry on this podcast, either from laughing too hard um, or because something just, like, hit me right in the soul. So I will probably cry at least, like, every episode. And I'm not sorry for it. <laughs> okay, so I want to unleash, unveil, I guess you could say unveil, this segment I'm going to do every week, and I want your help with it. Since I got my idea from Twitter, granted it was 2010, so like 10 years ago, but since I got this idea from Twitter, and it was from a hockey agent, I decided we all need a segment called Beauty Tweet of the Week. You know, I want all of you who are listening to tag me in tweets that are full of beauty from your standpoint. I just, I want a bunch of buttes in my mentions, okay? That's all I want. <laughs> uh, so this week I have two tweets. Uh, one is multiple parts, kind of. So bear with me. But the first one is from Alec Palmer. He is part of the Watch Momentum crew. If you don't know what Watch Momentum is, it's just this incredible way of fans getting to know baseball players, especially in the MLB, the MLIB. They do great work trying to promote these players. 
you know, it, it's no secret that the MLB doesn't do the best job of promoting what they have. <laughs> uh, and Watch Momentum, along with Trevor Bauer, helps do that. So Alec Palmer at A-L-E-C-P-A-L-M-E-R underscore had this super adorable tweet, and I, like, I love it. He um, said, everyone, please enjoy my little cousin's conversation with her friend in the comments of her Elf on the Shelf TikTok. And um, his cousin was, like, responding to this kid who said, what? Yours already came? Mine was supposed to be here today, but he's not. And she was like, well, we put a tree up early. (laughs) And this poor kid is like, I put my tree up early, too. And she responded with, did you put the ornaments and lights on it in the star? And this kid replied, yeah, except for the star. The tree was too tall, so we couldn't fit the star on there. And she straight up said, oh, that's why. And let me tell you, my heart just like melted, (laughs) completely melted. It's the sweetest, cutest, purest thing that I have ever seen on Twitter. And by the way, yes, if you want your elf on the shelf to make an appearance, you need to put a star on your tree. If you can't fit it on top, you're going to have to find a way to make it fit. Now, sometimes, sometimes the elf will make an exception. Sometimes. Uh, You know, but you probably have to write him a letter. So I know this kid isn't listening, but if, if anyone else is listening and they don't know why their elf hasn't come... You know, try like writing a letter and leaving them some candy because you know those elves. They love candy. Um, the next tweet I have is from our favorite Cleveland personality on Twitter, um, Reflog18. You know, he's probably the best part of my Twitter feed during any Cleveland sporting event. He's the guy that constantly tweets out the Cavs 2016 parade and uh, marks it as something else. Like, oh, these are all the people lined up for Popeye's chicken sandwich. But really, it's just a 2016 parade. And this man has gotten in trouble recently because, because people have complained and said, no, that's not a protest. That's not the inauguration. That's not anything. It's just the Cavs parade. And... This, this man literally makes my Twitter life just so much better. Uh, but like always, when it comes to the Browns, there's always going to be some troll or 5,000 trolls up in everyone's mentions because anywhere the Browns, okay? Like the Browns, it, even though the Bears are really bad this year and the Jets are really bad, uh, everyone still feels the need to combine their hatred and just kind of like come at Browns fans and the Browns fans meet them with hilariousness because uh, we've lived through a lot of pain and honestly that's just how we cope (laughs) Um, and so this guy came into his mentions and was like America's team half your fan base will leave as soon as they don't pick up Baker's option next year I mean we all know that's not true, right? Before I have to read some of these tweets. <laughs> um, he responded with, half the team base didn't leave when the team did, which is very true. You know, I, 
I will forever not like the Ravens because when I moved here in 96, there was not a team in Northeast Ohio because of them. Um, his tweet isn't so much the beauty tweets of the week. <laughs> it's some of the responses. Um, one guy said, yeah, I've paid actual American currency to watch Derek Anderson, Brady Quinn, and Brandon Whedon play QB. But not picking up Baker's option would just be one step too far. <laughs> and then somebody else tweeted out a picture of a bunch of guys dressed as french fries. And they were called the Charlie Fries. <laughs> and asked, um, do you think these guys are abandoning this team? And the answer is no, because Browns fans are in it till the end. <laughs> um, and to be honest, Browns fans are just, I think part of my personality comes from being raised by a Browns fan and a family full of Browns fans because they all live in Cleveland, most of them live in the Cleveland area. And there is just this sense of hilariousness and hope within the Browns fan base because at the end of every season if they don't make the playoffs it's always let's be mad for like a day or two but you know what there's always next year and this I mean if people really think that fans are gonna leave if they don't pick up Baker's option they have not been paying attention Cleveland had a parade for an 0-16 season and used it to raise money for food banks. I don't think those people are leaving anytime soon. <laughs> They're not leaving anytime soon. And it's going to take a lot for Cleveland fans to throw in the towel. And I just adore Browns fans. I know a lot of people find them annoying. But let me tell you... <laughs> They know how to pull out something positive from every single game. Like, in that 0-16 season, they were able to find good things out of every game. One good thing. You know, and and I think my favorite is this season when they every time they lose a game, you know, you just see a string of tweets that's like, well, at least Kevin Stefanski's hot. <laughs> or like, oh, well, at least it hasn't snowed yet, you know. Browns fans are always doing that kind of crap. They are always finding the beauty in every game. And there are games, it's so hard to do that. It's so hard. And I don't know how some of these fans do it, but they do it. And I also love that Browns fans, <laughs> Browns fans, just, just Cleveland fans in general, we can make fun of our teams, okay? We will drag Baker Mayfield all we want. But... If you say something bad about Baker Mayfield, get his name out of your mouth. Get his name out of your mouth. If you are not a Cleveland Browns fan and you are talking bad about Baker Mayfield, I need you to get his name out of your mouth. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just, I love Cleveland fans. And I feel like that's the perfect way to end this podcast because Cleveland fans are always looking forward to the future. And looking at the past and seeing how things have grown and things have gotten better. And so sometimes, <laughs> sometimes after a really bad day, I'm like, what would Cleveland Browns fans say? So 
if you are having a bad day, look in the mirror and go, what would Cleveland Browns fans say about this day? And I assure you that you will find at least one good thing about the day. Thank you for joining me for this first episode of Graced by Rain. It definitely was longer than 10 to 15 minutes. <laughs> um, I'm sure there was a little bit of rambling and I didn't edit anything. So uh, I hope you enjoyed all the likes and ums and pauses and stuttering and stumbling over words. I'll see you guys on Monday, next Monday. Have a great day and find the beauty people. Find it everywhere. My theme music is One Light by Nick Wilkinson and the Featured Players. You can find their latest album, Live, Volume 1, on Bandcamp and Spotify. Live, Volume 1 was recorded in front of a live audience on May 26, 2017 at Jilly's Music Room in Akron, Ohio.